he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. You know what's so funny? Do we often come into this song, A.B.? No, because they use this show. They use this song on Overdrive all the time. Yeah, and I find I just find it funny. Like this this song specifically, I don't know why it just is kind of off brand for Overdrive specifically. And yesterday I was in the car listening to OD, and this song brought them into a segment. I was like, you know, it's so weird. They use this song all the time. Me and AB never use it. Anyways, that's just the universe talking. Do you to me want today. it in the repertoire now? No, like, it's, it's not even like a, it's not even like or? I have a thought about it. It's just that yesterday I was like. It's so weird. Overdrive uses this song all the time, and I don't know. If, I can't think of us using it ever, and then it happened right now. So I really have no point in telling you this, other than it was just an observation I made yesterday. So it's weird it happened today. Anyways, Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch, uh, brought to you in part by Two for One Pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit Two for One Pizza. Dot com. We're going to have Mike McKenna join us in a moment, coming off the Leafs win over the New York Islanders last night. Practice just wrapping up over at the Ford Performance Center. Sheldon Keefe opted to flip Matthews and Marner back together. Tavares and Nylander had an incredible night last night as a duo, so they'll remain together. Um, as per the practice lines right now, looks like Aston Reese will be out. Joey Anderson will replace him. TJ Brody practicing for the first time in full, but still wearing a no-contact jersey. Also going down tonight, the Vancouver Canucks will play their first game with Rick Tockett as their head coach. You know, Canucks, is that where we're headed? Oh, you want to go there? You oh, I play see this it. audio? I don't know. Just before we might get Mike McKenna on, it's like... This is just a, a hilarious thing, and I saw Mike was tweeting a lot about what happened in Vancouver, so I'm sure he'll have a comment. But let's keep it lighthearted, and, and let's start with uh, Fox 5 DC News reporting on the firing of Oof, someone. <laughs> Former Washington Capitals coach Bruce Boudreau has been fired by the Vancouver Can- Canucks. The team announced the change Sunday, less than a week after President of Hockey Operations Jim Rutherford said major surgery was needed to fix the Canucks. Rick Tukid was hired as Boudreau's replacement. From Tukit to Boudreau to Canucks. You know what? I'm going to focus on the positive. She crushed Jim Rutherford. She crushed name. Jim Rutherford's she name. She said it was so much confidence. And that one could have been Rutherford very easily. Just the Rutherford part. I just want to hear the Jim Rutherford part because that was, she said that was so much confidence. Yep. She's like, this one's absolutely It's like she knows him. Correct? It is. It's as if like that was her best friend. Yeah. Uh, of some, somehow. He's like, oh, Jim Rutherford. Yeah, we had lunch last Tuesday. That absolutely. Hilarious. Play it for me. Of hockey operations, Jim Rutherford said. Crush yeah, it. Yeah, crush it. Good for you. Jim Rutherford said. Now, Canucks, Tukit. I didn't actually hear the Tukit one. That's oh, yeah, Rick Tukit. Really funny. So, oh. the part about it that's so funny to me is that obviously I mentioned that this went down in D.C. So, to me, she's saying these things and reading them like this because she's thinking of the word Tuke or something like that. And she's just assuming that this is how Canadians announce things. Probably <laughs> like that. That might be the case. I don't know, but yeah. That, but like Canucks is pretty. I mean, if you just read it phonetically, I'm pretty sure it reads out like it's not Canucks. double O's. It's Ken 
sucks. It's funny. So I don't know if if you'll remember this, but we used to have like a sports information trader guy, the tremendous information. That guy, like the original. You? No, the original tremendous information. That's where it came from. Um, maybe I'll just see if we can find the drop in in the uh, in, in the break at some point. He used to always say the Canucks. So when I heard that last night, that's all it reminded me of was the guy from the Sports Information Traders guy. And he would come on with his tremendous information, call his hotline, and anytime he was talking about the Vancouver Canucks. So I think that's like a legitimate, that's how they think it's said. The Canucks. The Canucks. The Canucks, Bodrow, Tukit? Is that what it was? Yeah, Tukit. But Jim Rutherford crushed it. So I know that it's it's not a Leaf game day, so we don't have Professor Al's brother's... Al, Al's brother's puck picks. I yeah. don't know why that just gave me so much trouble. If you were to to bet on the Canucks Ooh, Chicago tonight? game tonight, like what direction are you leaning in? I probably I probably put you on the spot there. I'm sorry, I, buddy. No, I, I would probably go with the Canucks. I mean, you, yeah. you look at the, the the new coach bump. That's always that always gives you a little bit of a an advantage there. And I mean, Chicago, they're they're not a great team. Like Chicago's one of the worst teams in the league. So, and it's a there's a reason why even Bruce said it like on oh, Saturday yeah. or on Friday, talked about how, I don't know why they're firing me now or why they're waiting. Probably because the Canucks, Seattle, and uh, who else they got? Columbus yeah. are coming in as the next three games where it's like, yeah, those are those are winnable games for the new guy and the new group. Like, literally, the coach was talking about this. Yeah. He knew he was going to be gone. So, yeah, I mean, they, sh- they should win this game. If they don't, oh, boy, that that's... Uh, that's not not great, not the best, as our old pal Louis Domingue would say. Yeah, I saw I saw that uh, Michael Russo did a sit down with Bruce Bruce Budero. What? What? Do that what again. Can you, you clip say? that and replay it? Budero? I don't know. I was like trying to think of Michael Russo. And not I, the best. Yeah. No, I mean play the play what you, I just said. It was you hilarious. Just you just spent a minute crucifying this poor lady I, from like, Fox Five DC. So aggressive, and then I called my cell phone and immediately and got to clip it. And you say Budero? That's hilarious. But, <laughs> but Michael Russo put out a piece. He sat down with Bruce, and uh, apparently Bruce has had his flights booked for yesterday. For a week. You're kidding. Like, he preemptively had them already already booked. He, he must have been told, right? It didn't sound like that from the interview. and it's Like, just he just a, said, yeah, they're probably going to let me go. Well, he'd been hearing the same reporting as us. Like, it, it's been yeah. out there from CJ Dregs. Like, it's been out there from all our dudes that it, it was probably going to be this Monday. And then it wound yeah. up being Sunday, which... I guess he had to hang around for an extra day. He didn't have the flight booked to leave on a 5 p.m. Yeah, plane. But he didn't have to rush, rush, rush. So you think he was, like, packing up all his stuff all week? That's the story. Re- I'm going to send it to you. He okay. was. The, the apartment was completely packed. Him and his it's wife, Chris, Crystal, packed up and uh, were ready to head home. Let's bring in former NHL goalie and daily face-off analyst Mike McKenna. I, I know you've had some thoughts, Mike, on the way that this is all shook out with Bruce Boudreau and the Vancouver Canucks and, and everybody in the hockey world kind of does. But I, I, you had kind of a different uh, look at the whole thing in that it could potentially affect the way this, this uh, organization is regarded by players who might potentially play there. Yeah, in my eyes, I just can't see how this is a positive for the Vancouver Canucks when you look at how you know a person has been treated, and it's not just the Boudreaux incident. It's been a couple of different things this year. It's been Brock Besser getting almost healthy scratched on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. It's You can kind of go down the list, even like Bo Horvat. He's the captain of your team, yet you don't want to offer him a contract that's going to be market value because he's only done it this year. And I, I just... 
where's the heart out of this team? That's kind of what I think. And, you know, when you see somebody slow motion walk the plank like Bruce Boudreaux did for the better part of two months, is that who you want to play for? Yeah. You know, and, and I appreciate that, you know, a lot of this has been caused by the flat out honesty of Jim Rutherford at times, but it, it's also backfired because it makes it look like you're not going to take care of your people and your players. And, Bottom line is that's a club that's going to take a couple years to rebuild minimum. It's not a quick fix. They've admitted that. And if that's the case, how are you going to get big pre- premier free agents to go there? Like there's no other no other option to trade your way out of it or develop your way out of it if you're the Vancouver Canucks. Because in my eyes, I don't think that's become a des- as desirable a destination as it once was even a year or two ago. Yeah, okay, this one's kind of uh, off the board a bit, Mike, but I was doing a radio hit a while ago and someone asked me, like, where would I want to see Connor Bedard go? And I know Vancouver isn't right at the bottom of the standings, so so they're not quite on uh, Bedard watch as much as other teams, but he's a North Vancouver kid. It'd, it'd probably be a pretty nice, natural story to have him wind up there, but, like, is it all, that idea almost unattractive with how much disarray that organization is in right now? Uh, you know, in some ways I, I think maybe, but then again, you're also looking for a cornerstone player to build around if you're that club. Right. So, you, you know, so to me, it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Like if Bedard comes in, can he be the guy that really turns things around for Vancouver when you mix him in with an Elias Pettersson and still knowing that they have Quinn Hughes on the back end and Thatcher Demko, you think at least is going to survive this purge of players because we don't know who's going to get traded. So um, I, I think that that would be an amazing setup for Bedard, especially. I think it would be exciting for that fan base and would help heal wounds very quickly. Because um, right now, I think the fans out there are hurt, man. Yeah. Like, they, they just they don't feel like management's believing or doing the right thing, ownership, whoever it is. And, and that has lasting effects. So there's other places I'd like to see Bedard go first, but I'm a huge sucker for hometown heroes, and it would be a really cool story if that's where he did end up. In conversation with Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender and daily faceoff analyst, um, Ilya Samsonov has been playing really well for the Toronto Maple Leafs of late. He had his third straight start last night and, and might get another one tomorrow against the Rangers. Um, you know, is there anything that you have seen in his game that might lead to you know the Maple Leafs thinking that this is some sustainable success that he might be having here and might be taking the edge in the goalie battle between he and Matt Murray? I think it's pretty clear to me he is. Um, just look at how the, both goaltenders have performed since the holiday break in the NHL. I mean, Samsonov is, he just keeps racking up wins. I mean, he's lost what? One on home ice, I think, 13 and one or something like that. 13 0 um, and one. So he got the point. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks for having the stats in front of me. I appreciate that. But yeah, I can't memorize everything. But yeah, he's been unbelievable on home ice. He's racking up wins. Uh, and he's played really well, even in that short time frame since. You know, since the break, whereas Murray, to me, kind of gone the other direction. You know, he's an 888 save percentage. He's under nine in that time. And and here's the thing, like, Samsonov, to me, is playing with a ton of swagger. He's still not the crispest goalie. I think he's still a little impatient on his feet at times. But, man, he's got good instincts and athleticism. And if you want something that's kind of telling and why I think Murray's having a stronger or having a tougher time, you look at the shot map of where pucks are going in. And every team has this posted in the locker room. Murray's, Murray's allowing 64%, or has only stopped 64% of shots high glove side. And you compare that with Sam Sonoff, and the guy's making 77 78% glove and blocker side. So he's very balanced. He's very even, which makes him more difficult to beat, in my eyes. 
So I think the edge is to Samsonov. I just want to see how Murray responds and if he's able to make any technical changes to his game in the next couple weeks. Well, how many games do you say is like an ideal number for a guy like Samsonov? He had a career-high 44 games played last year. At what point do you think um, he's played too many? Like, What's the ideal number for Samsonov? Well, I think you probably want to look at getting up towards the 50 range, 55 at most. And I don't think, you know, you don't have to have him playing four and five games in a row leading up to the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't mind the mix at all if he's playing two and Murray goes one because, I mean, let's face it, both of them have something to prove. You know, Murray has to prove that he can really carry the mail in the NHL again. And Samsonov has to prove that he can play in the playoffs. That's been the big knock on him when he was in Washington and why that team, you know, went a different direction other than him and Vanacek. So, you know, I'd really like to see two out of every three games maybe, if he could. I think that'd be a big step forward. Um, I wouldn't go more than maybe three out of every four because I think they're going to need both. Have you seen the splits uh, being posted on Twitter? I don't know how much we, you and I, be reading to this stat, how uh, Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov's stats, like Samsonov at home, we just mentioned 13-0-1, Matt Murray 7-4-1, uh, on the road, do you think that just with the way we know the Leafs uh, lean heavy on analytics, do you think that there's a way that that could affect the way that they plan the the deployment of these goaltenders? Uh, I'm sure it plays a factor in it. I'd be surprised if it was terribly heavy. You know, yeah. if I'm Sheldon Keith, I definitely want to run with who I believe is not just giving me the best chance, but the best chance towards sustained sustained success. And, you know, Murray had that hot run at the start of the year. It's cooled off since. I do think he's played with more urgency. Um, but you just look at the consistency of Samsonov. I mean, he's only allowed more than four goals four times this year, and Murray has seven. And they've both played pretty even games, right? They both started 19 versus 20. So, you know, I think if you're Keith, you're, you have to take analytics into it. But realistically, with goalies, it's, you can overdo it real quick, right? Yeah. You can look, oh, this guy's, this guy's good against the wild. We've got to play him. Or <laughs> this guy's good on the road. We've got to play him there. Like, none of that really matters when it comes time you know, to try to win a Stanley Cup. So you're going to have to play equal games home and road. I'm sure they'll factor it, but I don't think it's as big of an ingredient. Uh, in conversation with Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender and a daily faceoff analyst. And, you know, we're talking about Matt Murray, and he hasn't played since last Tuesday. So, like, it's, it's been a week. He got yanked uh, in the game against Florida after giving up four on eight shots. And, you know, he's in, been practicing, and today he's been uh, he was at practice. He has those goggles, blinders, things on that uh, Curtis Sanford pulled out from, from training camp. They were wearing those things. But how important is this? practice time for Matt Murray and how does it afford him a chance to I guess almost reset his game in a way and work on some of those technical things that had slipped a little bit of late yeah I think for Murray that's really what matters is because I haven't seen tangible changes to his game from a structural or a technical standpoint um, most of the season you know he's still pretty much the same goaltender uh, as you've seen it's just there are things that I think have been exposed that I even brought to light at the start of the year, you know, as wide as he plays, as low as he can be, um, like just looking at the shot map of where pucks are going in, those are things that need to be counteracted. And to me, that's not a play-through-it thing. That's not a confidence thing. That's not a puck-tracking thing. Like, that's some structural stuff. Now, the hard part is trying to balance that if you're Curtis Sanford because you want the goalie to stay true to his roots. You want him to stay true to himself. But you still got to factor in and filter in some of these things that can help you improve. And you get closer to 30, you're pretty set in your ways. So 
So I think that practice time is key. Um, I think there's been stretches where Murray's really succeeded this year. It's just being able to try to keep bringing it and finding those little details that are going to make his game better, as, again, as you get towards the end of the season. Uh, you've been crushing it on, on, on your stories lately, and, and one of them I found really interesting about Norris and, and Caulfield both re-injuring uh, their shoulders and having to have surgery. And we were kind of thinking about it in the sense that TJ Brody's still being held out. They probably held Morgan Riley out a little bit longer than he had to to make sure he was 100%. Austin Matthews missed those couple games, and uh, there was some speculation in the market about load management and, and the fact that he was banged up. What do you think of the way that the Leafs have been just just uber cautious with their mm-hmm. players' health this season? Well, in my eyes, it's on one hand, it's smart. But on the other hand, it's also predicated by the fact that they've been winning and they can do that. You know, on the piece out I had it today on Daily Faceoff that I collaborated with one of our other writers, Matt Larkin, on was just detailing coming back from injury and how you know, if you're a team that's really up against trying to make the playoffs, you got to have everybody in. And that's where you really can stress people in a hurry. I mean, look at the Florida Panthers. They, they trotted out Sergei Bobrovsky for six games in eight days, including back-to-back, and guess what? He got hurt right away. You know, it's not surprising when you see that happen. Now, if you're a team like Toronto that's clearly in the mix, they're going to make playoffs, you can be more cautious with your players. Because the last thing you want is somebody to come back a little bit early or if they're a little bit questionable especially soft tissue injuries those are the ones that you worry about getting worse and maybe turning into a recurring thing so it's a benefit of being a good club it's smart when you can do it but the reality is that some teams especially those in the mid-pack they just can't afford to they got to put their best players on the ice even in january mike really appreciate taking the time as always pal we'll chat again down the road sounds good appreciate it as always thanks for having me on thank you Mike McKenna, former NHL goaltender and daily face-off analyst. It's a good point about the Leafs having that option. <laughs> well, it's afforded them, yeah, because they're like so A lot far of teams ahead. do not have right. that option. Like, like if they're load managing Dreisaitl or McDavid, the Oilers aren't making the playoffs, and that's not. not where the Leafs are exactly. at right now. Exactly, and and I think that's that's a really good point where they they can afford to do that. And I would imagine at some point, maybe we see that in Boston where. You know, a couple of guys who are getting up there. Potentially, you, you could see Patrice Bergeron get a couple of nights off where it's just like, okay, let's rest you up ahead of the playoffs for yeah. a couple of games here. So um, I know the, the, the load management conversation gets brought up, and it's a, a really, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, spicy? Eh, yeah, it could get Controversial. spicy sometimes. Polarizing. Yeah, we'll, we'll use those words. Uh, <laughs> let's get as to, heavy as we possibly can. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's worthwhile conversation sometimes yeah i think and especially when you look at it's like look the the regular season when you're a team as good as toronto when you're a team as good as boston tampa the regular season doesn't matter no and you know like, the home ice advantage does matter to to an extent i guess because we saw what happened in game seven last year but like i i didn't do my daily check on the atlantic division standings which like it requires a daily check yeah it's seven points up on Tampa Bay right now. What's the points percentage? Uh, they have three games in hand on Tampa, and I just have it up on Google right now, so the points percentage isn't in front of me. I believe Toronto may have taken the lead last night in points percentage. Nice. Per and also, I saw, I forget who it was pointed out on Twitter, but um, in the non-existent scenario where the league, where the league went back to the one versus eight, it's not. It's no longer Tampa right now. It's actually the Rangers. So, I know I've I've brought this up before. Rangers would be a tough out too. Not though, that. Well, <laughs> we'll figure that out tomorrow. Yeah. Right? they're going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah Shesterkin 
That's not very next, fun in the playoffs. The next book <laughs> next to Andre Vasilevsky. But here's what I always want to say when we have this conversation. There were three divisions back when it was a one through eight. There were right. three divisions. Yeah. So I are you I guess Carolina's coming in as the number three. Would that be I it? Guess. So then you would be the fourth and like it, it wouldn't it still wouldn't work. No. I don't, I don't know exactly. No, which is worth it was hilarious before when it was gonna be Tampa either way. Yeah. Everyone got what they wanted, but unfortunately. Not the way it's shaken out right now it's I in our believe. non-existent scenario. Yes, it's it's going to be Toronto-Tampa. Yeah, it really, it is. really is. And I, I'm of the belief, like, I've had this conversation I, I, with a couple of people now. I still believe that really home ice for Toronto-Tampa is the only thing that the Leafs have to play for at this point in the season. Yeah, that is. Like, I, I think Boston's gone. Like, Boston, they're 12 points up on Toronto. Yeah. And they just don't lose games. Like, they just flat out don't lose hockey games. It's insane what they're doing right now. It's I think Lena Saltmark just broke an NHL record for fastest goalie to 25 wins in a season. Ugh, I can't. He was get supposed over to it. be in a tandem coming into the year, and all of a sudden the guy is breaking records. Like it's absolutely insane the way that the Boston Bruins are uh, are operating right now. A plus 81 goal differential. Who's next best? I don't think anybody's over 50. They're really? plus 81. Plus 42 are the Dallas Stars, and that's the closest. Um, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, there's only two teams that have a plus forty goal differential, and they're at plus eighty one. Yeah, they're just crushing teams this year. It's who's going to lose to them fair. in the postseason? I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. So, like, as much as you know, not that we want to look this, you know, look forward and look ahead or talk about doomsday, but I mean, let's say they do finally get over the hump and they beat Tampa Bay. We've got the Boston Bruins round two. Yeah, <laughs> like. But they beat them this year. Once. Once. They've also gotten beaten this that year. That second once. game was awesome, too. It'll be Either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We can say that. Oh, it'll we can be, have fun. It'll be good it's hard as Toronto media and people who've watched this team our whole lives to just mm-hmm. not go into the playoffs with overwhelming amount of fear and dread. But it's fun. It's going to be fun. They kept it fun last year, even though it was sad at the end. The game in Boston, that was in Boston last week, right? They were at TD Garden? Yep. Yeah, so they... Are both teams have won their home games. So in a seven-game series against Boston, right. you have to go into TD four times. They've lost one regulation game this year. That's a scary building. One at TD Garden. They've only lost four in total. It's insane. Twenty-two, one and that. three is their yeah. home record. It's absolutely insane what they're doing. Oh, and a fifteen-four and one road record as well. The Boston Bruins, man, it's absolutely wild what's going on over there. All right, uh, on the other side, we're going to get into some good call, bad call, and some wholesome content also. There was a a really cool video about Jeff Carter. His son opened up some cards, pulled the Jeff Carter. He was ecstatic. We're going to play that audio for you and uh, play some good call, bad call on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. Leafs Lunch continues here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Good Call. After reviewing the play, we got a goal. Or Bad Call. So, we're on straight here. On Leafs Lunch. Okay, we have to start off Good Call, Bad Call with congratulations to Amanda Jeffrey Folsom, A Folsom 7 on Instagram. You've scored a pair of tickets to Leafs versus Senators on January 27th. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram for your chance to win free Leafs tickets 
all season long. I feel like we're firing off leaf tickets this year. Oh, we are. It seems like every show we're giving away tickets. I know. I I, I would. Well, you got to stay tuned into Leafs Lunch. Yeah. Get yourself some tickets. Absolutely. Instagram. How do you think um, that name, Amanda Jeffrey Folsom, would have been pronounced by? Folsom. I don't know. Folsom? I'm trying to think of like a double O somewhere in there. Yeah, like football, like Foolsome. Yeah, I don't know. Amanda Jeffrey Foolsome. Amanda. I don't know why I said that like with an accent, but I don't know. Like the the, the oh, Fox Five. I don't know. That Anyways, was like, but it was so because she was so clean in her delivery, and then it was just the pronunciation pronunciation of those specific words. It's the names. It's the. It, I mean, she get full on Ron Burgundy. Like yeah. she had no idea the, what these names were. She had not looked at the teleprompter. Cold reads. Cold read people are scary. That's tough. Like, have you? Kara Wagland is a cold reader. She does not like. To, this is. I haven't spoken to her about it, but I've heard this about her. She does not like to see her SC really? scripts before she. And, and she's. I think the only person at TSN that's like that. That does not like I to see her see scripts it. before she goes live to air. I respect the hell out of that because I'm like reading mine the night before in the well, car. Because you like you filled in on like digital SC. Yeah. Do you have that stuff on? Like you have like a prompter I yeah guess, yeah but i go through it all before and i read it all right, i decide exactly. what like you find your natural pauses but she likes to react so she's reacting for for real and it I, I think that uh and you never see her with blunders like that's no. that's insane right that's crazy oh my god shout out to wags um let's get into some good calls or bad calls here good call or bad call Oh, we're starting spicy. I mentioned, uh, but kind of in a cheeky way, Matthew Nye is officially a Hobie Baker nominee this yep. year, AB. Good call or bad call, the Leafs should not hesitate to trade Matthew Nye's for a significant roster upgrade this year. Um, the Leafs should not hesitate. Well, I think the words, I think that the wording of this is driving me to good call because significant is the word. Uh, okay. It would have to be that major, splashy, headlining piece. And I don't even know who I'm thinking of right now. Whether it's... Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm, I'm talking myself call. out of it. I'm bad call. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm bad call. Um, Is he the only prospect in your mind that you wouldn't trade for 100%. A, yeah. 100%. He's the only guy. So I... I, I, I think I've come out on the show and I've made the stance where Matthew Nyes isn't untouchable for me, but he's got to be for a guy with term. Like I, I don't like the I don't even I can't even think of who that Riley, would be right the now. Horvats, the the like those guys to me it's a no no. Yeah. Like like Timo Meyer's an interesting name and I know that he's a name that trending this morning. He though is. wasn't trending from Leafs fans buzz. It was trending from New York sorry, New Jersey Devils fans buzz. Well they have the pieces and also the money to give him. The yeah. problem with him is it's so weird when I click on something on Twitter and Leafs fans haven't made it trend. Like it's so <laughs> weird when Alex Kerfoot isn't trending in the middle of a day on a yeah, like in January. Every day basically. <laughs> But the situation with Timo Meyer and why I, I I don't see the like the Maple Leafs getting into that market like as awesome as he like he would, he's honestly the perfect fit like in a vacuum Timo Meyer is the perfect fit and I would consider giving up a Matthew Nyes for Timo Meyer because I mean if Matthew Nyes becomes Timo Ma I mean I'll take that now in my Cup run than having to wait two or three years if he becomes that star power forward I'll take him now yeah the problem with Timo Meyer is his contract situation where. Um, when he signed his deal, I think his cap hits like seven something, but his actual salary this year was ten million. So his qualifying offer is ten million dollars. 
the Leafs can't afford to qualify him at 10 sheets. No. They just can't afford to do it next year. So you can't unload a nice type for someone you might not hang on to, right? Exactly. Yeah. That That's what it is. Like, if they could somehow find a way to get get Meyer on this team and also have him here long term, for sure I'd give up Matthew Nice for that. Yeah. Or any other prospect or for a guy that we're not thinking of maybe that's not top of mind, that isn't on all the trade bait boards, that you, know, you can make that type of swap, like a hockey deal. Sure, maybe I would consider doing something like that. But for the big boys that are on a lot of these boards, like you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Gavrikov, Bo Horvat, Tarasenko, I'm not willing to, uh, to, to move Matthew Nyes, even though it would be a significant upgrade. Matthew Nyes, to me, is just a little bit more value for a rental. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, moving on. Good call or bad call? Kerfoot will not be a Maple Leaf after March 3rd. I'm smashing good call on this one. And not because I have anything against... I feel like Alex Kerfoot has been Sheldon Keefe's fix-it. This is why I think it's a good call, and this is why it feels like a slam dunk. Remember when Travis Dermott was traded last year ahead of the deadline, and it was like he was getting used less and less? You could tell that his his role on the team was kind of with Sandy and Lilligren coming in and playing. You knew he was on the way out. He was just getting used less, and like you could feel it happening. You felt like it was just kind of a natural progression of the relationship. Yep. I think I see that happening with Alex Kerfoot because there was a long time when if anything was wrong, Alex Kerfoot fixed it. And he's still a very versatile guy. You could still plug him in a lot of teams. Plug him anywhere the way that Sheldon Keefe has. If you need to plug him in your top six, you can. If you need him to even like play on the side on your top line. like he, He's just a guy you can plug anywhere. So why are you moving on from him? I, it's it's just I think that don't he, you need guys like that for a long postseason run? I think that there just might be a lot of dudes in the Leafs in the <laughs> Leafs system right now, and Kerfoot is kind of going into the same category to me as like Joey Anderson as Bobby. Of course, no. not with as much NHL experience, yeah. but he's just becoming a dude to me that I think is sort of becoming expendable. <sighs> I agree that he might be expendable, but I'm going to say bad call. I don't think that they move on from him just because they like his versatility. I think he's been part of this, and they look at him. I'm not sure how much value he would have around the league. The only way that I could see them moving on from Alex Kerfoot is if they do somehow need to open up additional cap space to make a move. That's the only way I see it happening, which I don't really know exactly what that would look like. But I think this team would be better to add and not have to subtract a guy like Kerfoot. Right. Right. Like if, if you have Alex Kerfoot as your fourth line center going into a Stanley Cup playoff, I think you're happy with that. Are you not? I think so like too. If you don't yeah. have to trade him, I don't think you you do it. Uh, I'm I maybe I'm just thinking like how are they going to fit all these people? And it'll depend on what shakes out with Jake Muzzin. It'll depend on what they end up bringing in. But but somehow the writing feels kind of on the wall to me in his role, feeling like it's just getting smaller and smaller with this Leafs team. But I think that's what they're doing is they, they want to bring guys in and they want to just make sure that they're deeper. Yeah. Right? So I, it could be that. Also, I think the fact that he's not coming back next year, that I'll completely 100% say good call on that. But I think he could still be part of this team for the rest of the season. I still think that he's a guy who can still kills penalties, which is an important role on the squad. Um, you know, his five-on-five play, certainly his minutes have taken a dip. Yeah, the PK but, thing is interesting because PK hasn't been overly unreal no, lately. Been, yeah, yeah. No, I've, especially I've, since Jake Muzzin's for sure. gone. So they could use upgrades there, which is, yeah. I think, also why Tyler Mott was an intriguing uh, 
intriguing player for me as well that uh, that Darren Dreger brought up. I don't know. Like it's, I, I am on the fence on it. Like I completely understand the line of thinking there. Yeah. Like, I mean, Yarncroc has made Kerfoot somewhat expendable. And that's, that, honestly, that a, when they brought Yarncroc in and they yeah. were calling him a Swiss Army knife, yeah. Alex Kerfoot's nickname, at the beginning of the year, I was thinking, oh, that kind of seems like a Kerfoot replacement to me. Oh, yeah. Especially sure. with Yarncroc having some term. Yeah. I don't know. But the if, vibe I'm getting. Which is a perfectly fair vibe to, to have. It. <laughs> it, it could happen. I just, like, I think the team would be better served as Kerfoot as their, you know, as, as a, a fourth-line player as opposed to, I don't know, um, Joey Anderson, who's currently on their fourth line right now with them. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's fair enough. Like injuries occur, and Kerfoot's been a playoff performer. He's actually played well in the playoffs, so having him in well your nigh. lineup somewhere like, would, be, uh, would definitely be beneficial for this team. All right, next one. Ugh, good call or bad call, Bruce Boudreaux will be a head coach in the NHL again. I think it's a bad call. I think it's a bad call that he'll be a head coach, but I think that he'll be a assistant to the GM. Does he want to be direct? Oh, like you, you oh, so like off the bench more of a front office type of Yeah, guy. I think he'll maybe player development, Does he maybe want to get into that? I don't know if I don't know. I think he just loves the game. He's 68 years old. Like, he just gives might, me love the game and What's his wife's name? Crystal. Maybe him and Crystal just ride off into the sunset. Got some grandkids. You know? I don't know. Go on a couple cruises. They're fun. That's what old people do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Are you putting yourself in that category? Well, <laughs> Steph has always Bruce, said I'm an Bruce old Boudero. soul. Bruce Budero. Bruce Budero. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I think that just, I think this might have took a lot out of him. I don't like that. He, he was. Some he, things happen and they sour your love of the game. And it felt like it was so heartbreaking to watch that all happen. Yeah, it was so sad. Are you tearing up? And maybe like the way that he was tearing up on the bench, like, it did feel like the end of the road. But something in me would love to think, hey, like, what about you bring him home to Toronto when you have him have some role here? I don't know. Well, you got to break the curse, right? Great point. That's how you break the Boudreaux curse. Great point. Put him point. on the bench. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to this. Are you good there with that good call, bad call? Yes. If Spencer Carberry becomes an NHL head coach, I think Bruce Boudreaux would be a good replacement. They, All right, now okay, we're good. okay, okay. I love <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I now love it. I love on. it. Um, <laughs> good call or bad call. Speaking of curses, the Bruins will break the NHL's single season win record, which is 62, and they're currently on pace for 66. Something that I failed to acknowledge that's very important in the final part of our last segment, AB. We were going on and on about the Boston Bruins and how good they are this year and how they're on pace to be historic and blah, 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 blah. The one thing that I failed to acknowledge that I believe in more than I believe in anything else yeah. is the power of a good curse. Like the Boudreaux curse. Like the President's Trophy curse. Uh. So I like yeah. the Leafs odds. When's the against last the Bruins time, if they have to play them in the second round? Look, uh, who's won the President's Trophy? I think, like, Chicago, I think, won oh, one of their years. Really? That, that was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I believe that. That was a while ago, though. Like, to your point, uh, I think more President's Trophy winners have lost than won. Yes. Especially in the salary cap era. Yeah, and especially historic team. Like, I always think of that uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team that won the President's Trophy and what what record? So the, the Yeah, so the Tampa Bay Light, or the uh, Blackhawks in 2012-13 were the last team to win the Stanley Cup as the President's, President's Trophy, Trophy winners. And I think, was that the, uh, that was the half season, right? Coming out of the lockout? I believe. So, right. like, put an asterisk on that President's Trophy. Interesting. 48 games. Okay, so now I feel stronger about it, but now we can be serious. Before that, it was the 07-08 Detroit Red Wings. Okay. And the 01-02 Red Wings. 
There was a stretch there, actually. Three out of four years. Dallas, Colorado, and Detroit from 98 to 2002. Presence Trophy and then Stanley Cup winners. But again, that's all pre-cap. That was so long ago. That's like us talking about the Leafs Cups pre-68. We can't even acknowledge it. Only twice, (laughs) twice in the salary cap era has a Presence Trophy team won a Stanley Cup. Okay, so more than anything, I believe in curses. Uh, Three times have they even gotten to a cup final. Yeah, like I feel like it's often that they get bounced in the first or second round, even before the conference finals. But anyways, what do you think? Will they will they break the 62 wins in a year record? They're, they're currently on pace for 66. <sighs> Good call. I mean, why? I, I just... Don't see it happening, that they fall off? Yeah, just because they just keep winning. I mean, I, so many times I've looked at their schedule, and I'm like, they got a tough stretch coming up. It's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to start losing games. No, they go into Florida, and they win 8-2. Did you see Charlie McAvoy with the dangles the other night? Oh, did I? Oh, my God. Also, Hampus Lindholm had a really yeah, thick goal last that's going to go down as like nights ago. such an incredible deadline acquisition that they oh. were able to immediately extend. Yes. And I remember thinking back to when that extension kicked in, like when they signed him, I was like, that seems rich for Hampus Lindholm. Good thing I'm not the general manager. Good thing yeah. Don Sweeney's in charge because, man, that guy knows a lot more than I know, clearly, because uh, that's turned out to be an excellent one. I'm, I'm going to say good call, though. Like, honestly, I know it's like, is this a prisoner of the moment take? But they've done absolutely nothing this year that shows that they have any weaknesses. Yeah. Any weaknesses at all. I don't think I don't know if they hit sixty six, but I think I'm going to go good call as well in that. I, I, I think they break think the they'll record. probably break the record. Yeah. Um, good call or bad call? Goudreau made his return to Calgary last night in front of a <laughs> vicious crowd, vicious and creative crowd, I'll add, because some of their signs uh, that they made up for the game were very good. Goudreau will get the Tavares Long Island treatment every time he returns to Calgary. Good freaking call. Yeah, 100%. Incredible call, and it's, and it's Canada, it's hockey, it's passionate, and it's the beauty of of the game. (laughs) They gave him a little bit of... They gave him a standing O, but also booed him simultaneously, and that's what he could expect. (laughs) That's what... So they booed him when he first stood up, like during the the little montage video he got. Booed him. They gave him his little, you know, snaps and claps afterwards, saying thank you, and then went back to booing him right afterward. Pretty funny. And every time he touched the puck. I thought it was hilarious that he also ended up getting a penalty shot in that game last night. Yes! Oh my gosh, we didn't even touch on Michael Bunting's penalty shot either. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't a great penalty shot. No, it wasn't, but we love you, Bunce. Anyways. <laughs> but, but neither was Johnny Hockey. John, nope, like that, that one wasn't good that, either. That was also a terrible penalty shot. I don't think you hit the net. And it's like, dudes, you're going back into Calgary. That's your chance to, to bury and get back at the fans and didn't do it. No. He had two helpers, though. Yeah. Um, Got a point out of it. But, like, the signs were so funny. Someone tweeted out a photo or was tweeting out photos of all the various signs. Someone had one with his face on it. That said, Boudreau. And at first, I, it took me a second because there's so much Bruce, Bruce Boudreau uh, discourse out there right now. So Boudero? I was like, what is, the, what is the correlation here? And then I was like, oh, no. They're just making a joke with his name. And the, the smaller text was the face you make when you're not making the playoffs, which is kind of an awkward chirp at this point for the Calgary Flames. But I guess anyone could chirp the well, Columbus Blue Jackets. He's also getting like Matt Murray right now. Like Dude, the, that photo, yeah. Yeah, the photo that's out there where it's like his intro press conference, he's smiling, and then six months in Columbus, and all of a sudden he looks like a, 
Like he's a, a, a beaten and battered man in a toque, just yeah. Self go and all the looks uh, like he's just been on a bender for like six nights in a row. Columbus, it's a crazy place. Packing darts in between. Some call it the Vegas of Ohio. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the there was another one with all the discourse about the fact that it was a family decision that he made with him just having a baby. Someone made a sign that says, uh, "Hey, John, your wife wants you home by ten or something to that effect." I don't know. The, That's the, funny. Very creative, Calgary fans. Very good. Well, I think we have some audio of uh, of Johnny Hockey reacting to some of the booing that he ah. last. Night. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I definitely heard him over the booze. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, felt uh, felt pretty nice to to see everyone kind of standing up and you know clapping their hands and cheering for me. And then five seconds after, start to booing again. So, um, you know, that's what I expected. Um, coming here, uh, it's a great fan base, and um, you know, they're passionate fans. So, uh, I loved it. It was uh, it was a special night for me. I think it took a while. I mean, what else do you what say? Else you just got to take it on the chin and go in there. Like you, you've got to. He's not. He's got to understand is why. Is it just me? Is Johnny Goudreau at this? Like, is he giving you a little Phil Kessel vibes? Like, I just want to go play hockey. Like, I don't really care what happens. I just want to go play hockey. He's playing on the worst team in the National Hockey League. I guess Phil's he got a care. cup. Phil's got like. Phil's got yeah, rings. but Phil always was like, I don't care. I just want to play hockey. Yeah, Even when he was here like, in, in t- Toronto, yeah. he's just like, leave me alone. I just want to go go out and play. I feel like Johnny's almost the same way, where he's like, I don't really care. I guess. Like, I just, maybe in my me. heart, I can't compare anyone to Phil Kessel because he's just like the quirkiest man alive and the Iron Man streak. And the. I, I just. I, there's no other Phil. We have some of the best Phil drops. Uh, look, look on the. You got a couple Phil drops? Play me, play me your favorite one, Josh. Thanks, eh? Oh, there's that one. The that Star was good. Wars one? Play the Star Wars one. It should be right around, uh, right around in there. It, they had a Star Wars theme night in, in Pittsburgh the one night. And they made him do some sort of oh, promo. Oh, yeah. And it's just... He's emotionless in the way that he delivers the line. Is that what's funny about it? Yeah, he's just... It's very yeah, Phil I'm Kessel remembering, I think. But uh, maybe we'll play it... Uh, we'll, we'll play it when we come back on. Buy tickets, you must. There we there go. There it is. Buy there tickets, you must. This guy's such an idiot here. <laughs> yeah, that one's a fave, too. Phil montage. I yeah. just want the Phil montage. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, actually, speaking of Phil Kessel, remember we were talking about him breaking the Iron Man streak? Tavares approaching 1,000 points. This Sunday, yes, yeah, thousand, a thousand games. Yeah. Sorry, thousandth game, yeah, yeah thousandth game. Uh, this Sunday, which is uh, pretty incredible when you think about it. All right, uh, one more lap around the track, JT. Let's get to it on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Juliet Tesheri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leaves Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Julia Tesheri, Mike DiStefano with ya. Leafs practiced today. They'll be back in action tomorrow night versus the New York Rangers. Uh, some wholesome content for now, though, AB. Happening, like, this is peak AB wholesome content because it involves <laughs> hockey cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Carter's kids... Ripping packs like any good hockey kid does, and uh, happened to pull his dad's, which is a uh, kind of the craziest thing. Imagine like pulling your dad's hockey card. This is the reaction that he had. And that's one of the best players in the league. So we'll get this. Oh, I know. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching you. What? <laughs> 
Did he look through? <laughs> no way! I'm right. I've been waiting. I always wanted to get your card. Yeah. That's so cute. That is so cute. And that's exactly how you react when you pull a hockey card that you like. Wee wee? Yeah. That's how most people react. Sorry, do we have the audio? Cards. Okay, good. Let's yeah. let's hear a live oh, reaction of Al's brother pulling whose hockey card? Talk about but I went straight A B C no, was it Fox Five on somebody's names? Like I went and listened back to this. I yeah, but this is like were, when like, they were mainstream names. Yeah, like remember at, at the draft people referred to him as Dylan Cozens. Yeah. So like I, I butchered some of these names as to how we refer to them now. Um but it was uh, it was an Alexi Lafreniere card. This is right. like during pandemic time. And you know, I was just was the hottest ticket in the world on YouTube, and just like you know, doing my hashtag content was streaming and whatever. And um, I got really excited when I pulled an Alexi Lafreniere Young Gun card in this year's draft that weren't Lafreniere, like Stutzla, like Byfield, and Trevor Zegers who killed it at the World Junior. <gasps> Let's go. Oh, yeah. You're jacked up. Yeah, I was extremely jacked up. I, so it's funny because that card in particular. Yeah. Um, so because it was during the pandemic, there's not a a real like live action shot Young Gun card like of oh. him in game action in the uniform. Do the Young Gun cards have the piece of jersey in them? Uh, they can. Okay. Well, no, the Young Guns no, but you can get like rookie cards with jersey. Okay. These ones are just like. It's like a hockey card shot or something of them playing in a game or something okay. like that. So because this year there was no, like because of the pandemic, there was no shots of him playing. So they actually like set up a photo shoot and he put on like a Rangers uniform. and But it was didn't have a Rangers logo on it because oh. I, I believe it was taken before the draft. Oh, my God. So it just had like a blue shirt on it. I'll, I'll, I'll post it. It's really bizarre. In case he became a leaf. Corwin well, went viral I, right, right at the draft because I don't know if you remember the tweet that it was Corwin. Corwin went super viral because he zoomed in on the way the lottery balls were bouncing and Toronto's well, just missed. Yeah, yeah. It got knocked out by, by the Rangers one, which was heavy because he, the guy dropped it. So it was clearly weighted and. I mean, talk about ten hat conspiracy theories. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, I, I knew that it was a Lafreniere. It was clearly weighted, and then he moves on so casually. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But because the way that the shot was taken, there's like, it, it wasn't a, a, a clear game, so there was a little darkness because you could see like the back light because they took it literally like a hockey card photo, oh. as if when you were a twelve year old kid. Yes. And you could see like the back is very dark, and I'm like, I knew it was him. It's like. <gasps> Before I even saw it, just based off of the background of the photo, I knew it was uh, the La- Lafreniere card. What a magical moment! Yeah, at the time it was a three hundred dollar card. Now yeah. it's worth about forty bucks. So I should have, I should have sold it back in the day. But uh, yeah, I-, I like Jeff Carter's reaction better. His son's reaction a little bit better than mine. Uh, I will say that. Oh, it's toss up for me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, all right, Leafs. Um, Leafs tomorrow night taking on the Rangers, but they will be hosting the Senators on Friday. And there was some tough news today, Sens, yeah. um, asking the entire hockey community for encouragement, prayers, and support following the assistant coach Bob Jones's ALS diagnosis. So uh, us here at Leafs Lunch will be sending our our love and, and prayers to uh, to um, the Jones family. It's uh, it's just that we saw it upfront and personal with 
um, with Borea Salming, just what ALS can do. So it's it's really tough to to hear that news this morning. Um, so yeah, but uh, Leafs and Sens will be on Friday also. But that'll do it for us here today. We'll be at Scotia Bank tomorrow to tee up Rangers Leafs. Wear your layers, buddy. Yeah, it's gonna be cold. All right, we're out of here. If you miss any of today's show, you can find it on TSN1050.ca, the Art Radio app, or if you get your podcast. Gameplay with Matt Cost next.